are listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We're in our essential series um, as we're moving forward in our essential series. If you've missed any part of this, it's all online. Uh, we start out with like the Bible's pretty essential and you should have faith in it that it's a good book. It's a trustworthy book. It's the most investigated book there ever, there ever has ever been around. And it's a good book. You can trust what this book says. You can have your life guided by the principles that are explained in this book, if you choose. And then we talked about salvation. Adam preached a great message on salvation. Um, and then we talked about baptism, which was kind of cool, and baptism and the purpose of baptism and what does that look like. And this week, uh, we're diving into our essentials. Well, so now what? So I believe that this book is good. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I, I was obedient in baptism, and I got baptized. And so like now, like, so, so, okay, cool. What, what happens next? Well, you get part of a community, and you're part of a community if you're sitting in this room. And this community has a purpose. This community has a direct purpose. It's not to have, have, like, it's great that we have people in this room and there's seats and you can invite folks and that's all great. And this is cool on Sunday, like, we're, we're celebrating this, but, like, this isn't church. You are the church. And the church goes with you when you exit these doors. See, when you're out of this room during the whole week, there's cameras and lights and things that get adjusted, but the church isn't this. You are the church. And this church has a purpose and our main goal, why we exist, the only reason why we exist is not to have a big building, is not to do all kinds of great programs and get grades and, and votes and all of those things. Our, our sole existence is to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. It's not to, 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 to build my kingdom. It's not to build your kingdom. It's to build his kingdom. So one person at a time. And if you missed our, this morning, we had a great discussion in our, our, our early group this morning where we get together and we pray, we have a little lesson, and we talked about the power of invite and how invite changes lives. It was great talk. Probably future sermon. Maybe Ty will give it. Um, but but it's, it, this, is, this is what we're about. And the way that we think that we're going to accomplish the great commission of reaching the world for Jesus Christ one person at a time is by making biblical disciples making biblical disciples in relational environments. We're all making disciples. I've made non-biblical disciples. I've had people follow me down paths that were not good for them or their future. But when I'm submitted to God's will and I'm, and I'm in his word and I'm around community, I, I can help people go and have this introduction to Jesus. So that's why we exist. Anyone remember last week, we talked about the story of baptism, that there was this guy that waited three months to be baptized. He accepted the Lord, and then he waited three months to be baptized. And the reason why he waited three months to be baptized is because he had a question, and he asked this question, does it hurt? And the guy's like, well, what do you mean, does it hurt? When I die, when you baptize me, and I physically die, is it painful? Like when my lungs fill up with water, and I gasp for air, and I can't breathe anymore, is like, how bad is it? And I said, well, wait, we're not going to kill you. You're going to die to self. Well, does, not, now here's a, here's, well, does that hurt? Aha! Welcome to this week's sermon. New habits, the new you. Does dying to self hurt? 
what should change or what can change or what might change or what might I expect to change when I make this decision to follow Jesus Christ, not just as my Savior, but I allow him to be Lord over my life. I allow him to direct my decisions and my choices from the minute things to the great big things. Does that hurt? And the answer is yes. But it hurts so good. It hurts so good. I don't know about you guys, but I, as a, as a, as a lead servant here, I need accountability. And many of you provide that for me on occasion. I appreciate that. But I need accountability in my walk as I follow it out with Jesus. I need accountability. I need people to ask me the hard questions about how I'm doing with my eyes. How am I doing in the text? How am I treating my wife? How am I loving my children? I need people to, and not just once, like, hey, they asked me that once before, we're good. I need that consistent reminder of community and this new creation be an essential part of your following Jesus well is having accountability, having people in your life that you trust. When I think back to this idea of salvation, I, it was kind of a little bit of a debate in our sermon club, well, not in our sermon club, in our, in our Thursday talk, but we say salvation is an action word. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a noun. You know, uh, what, what is this idea of salvation? What happened to me when I was saved? And now what, what does it look like now that I am saved? Okay, cool. I got baptized. Now what? Well, salvation in the Greek, uh, it can also mean like a healing, like there's a healing. And what happens with healing? Does healing hurt? Does opening your past up, does going to restoration night, give me a woohoo in your restoration night, folks. Yeah, does going to restoration night and, and being involved and opening myself up and really evaluating my hurts, my habits, my hangups, the things that are going on in my life, does that hurt? It can. Does, does having your, a heart surgery hurt? One of our elders had a valve replaced in his heart. They ripped open, like that hurt, but it didn't hurt as bad as dying. And so God wants to do some heart surgery with all of us. So what do we do now? What's essential for me as a Christian? And here's the thing. Oh, well, this is just sermons only for the 25 new Christians today from last week. That's not true. This sermon's for the pastor. This sermon's for me. Lord, what what do I need to do? What do you have for me? As you are making me a fisher of men and women, what does it look like? And as disciples today, here's something that we do. We share. Have you heard of this thing called share, connect, minister, and disciple? It's weird. We stole it from Jesus. We share our lives with other people. Well, does that hurt? Uh Uh-huh. That could hurt. Which leads us to sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. See, when your heart starts to be transformed and you start to change, there's something that becomes really attractive about you and not necessarily physically. But there's a spirit, there's a law of spiritual attraction. This person's different. This person doesn't react the way that 99% of the other people I know would react when that thing happens to them. 
they like turned to this Lord guy and prayed about it to see how they should respond before they responded. That's weird. Why do you do that? Well, I'm a Christian. I'm not the Lord of my emotions. I'm not the Lord of my thought. Of, of all. I don't get to, like, I submit myself to Jesus Christ. Well, that's interesting. That seems different than what everybody else is doing. So yes, we share our lives and we share about the good news about what Jesus has done for us. And then we also look like, well, what do we do now with those folks? They've, they've accepted the gospel. They've, I've shared this with them or they, we've been walking with them for a long time. Do you know how many thousands of hours and how many, how many people were on their knees that had been praying for years and years and years and years and years for the 25 people that got baptized? Do you know how much work was done that we got to harvest from? Well, that's part of our part. That's part of our part. So connect. What's the next thing? Well, we have to connect. Well, what am I going to connect them to? Well, I'm going to connect them to God and his word and these habits. And I'm going to connect them to other believers. More is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. Do they catch you reading your Bible? Do they catch you praying? Do they catch you serving? Do they catch you doing all of these things? Do they catch you worshiping beautifully as I was over here today again? I'm such a great voice. I'm, I'm really trying out. So we're connect, to connect people with Jesus and with other believers in relationship. Here, like, you know what my main purpose is here? I've, I've said to preach. You know what I'm really doing? I'm looking to connect some people. And I'm not looking to necessarily connect them to me. I'm looking to connect them to you. Next thing we need to do is we need to help people grow as disciples. We, we try and provide them a place to minister. I heard it this morning. The guy's like, I was invited to be part of the safety team. I was scared. I wasn't sure. But I decided like I had an invitation to be part of something. Church isn't something that I go and observe. Church isn't something that I just, that I attend. Your attendance, like your attendance here doesn't make you a Christian. What you do with what God has equipped you to do the rest of the week and reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time, accomplishing the Great Commission would identify you as a Christian. We gather here to scatter. We gather here to get filled up, to be, to be, uh, to, to be filled up because we're going to pour it all out out in the community this week. So we help people grow by providing them a place to minister. In Jesus' name, in their community, in their church, learn how to serve others above yourself. Our life groups this week will read in Philippians uh, chapter uh, 2, 1 through 18. They're going to read through that uh, in their life groups this week. And then they're looking about it. What does it mean to think more highly of someone else than yourself? So we give people the opportunity to minister. Now, then what do you do with, the new, with this new, new, new thing? How are my new habits moving forward? Well, the next is we deploy people to make disciples. When they know how to share who they are and what God's been doing in their life well, and it's not about all the memory verses and every Bible you should be doing that anyway, but like sharing the new truth that's happening inside of you, what God's moving, how he's changing you, that people will be attracted to that. And when you learn how to do that, and then you know how to connect them, you're like, well, I'm going to connect you to the source, which is not me. I am not the source. Real life ministries is not the source. 
the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, our Father in heaven, is the source. Amen? That means you agree? Twelve of you? No. Amen? Right? We're connecting them to the source because that's the power. I'm not the power. This building's not the power. Jesus Christ is the power. And then we're giving them places to play. Has anybody in here been asked to serve in this church? Should be hopefully everybody. Go ahead. Hold your hands up, guys. Get your pins out. No, I'm <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be involved. You're going to be serving. We had a volunteer minister, full-time unpaid minister. I love that. Full-time unpaid minister lead our huddle today with our staff people there and our elders. Welcome to the team. And now we're releasing to do it again and again and again and again. So share your life with others well. Connect people to God and to the community. Minister, see a need and fill it. Don't just pray for it. Like take the money out of your pocketbook and get it squared away. Be generous with your time, your talents, your treasures, and make disciples as we're commanded. It's, see, it's not, the, it's, not the, uh, it's, it's not just the believing in Jesus. It's the doing the good works that we were all prepared to do, that was prepared in advance for us to do. Like there's a follow-up. If you, you can't, like, oh, I accept Jesus and I'm totally not changed at all. Does that seem weird? Does that seem contradictory to Matthew 4.19, and come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men? Is there making that has to happen in every single human being on this earth? Transformation that needs to happen in habits, in heart, in mind? See, it's the doing and being a follower of Christ. So let me ask you this question to reflect on. What needs to die? I believe if you ask God that question in your life, God, what this week, what today? Lord, reveal to me today something within me that needs to die, that needs to go away, that moves me closer to you. I believe he'll reveal that to you. What needs to die and what needs to be born again in your walk with Jesus? A couple of things I want to challenge you guys with uh, today. I think one of the biggest uh, walls to what, what's going on in our world today and what we're doing right now is we need to think about or consider, give consideration to changing the inputs in your life. Ooh, I love that. Right on, sister. Changing the inputs in your life. What are you allowing, who or what are you allowing to get most of your attention? Who or what are you allowing to get most of your attention? Just doing some uh, more reading, rereading through uh, John Montcomer's book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a great book. I would challenge you on that book. I'm challenged by that book. Going through round two, I'm in remedial school with that book because they didn't do a great job the first time. <laughs> you know how many times the average person touches their phone in a day? Average. We're talking like grandma, grandpas, and like 14-year-olds. 2,617 times per day you touch your phone. But if you're a high-end user, it's 5,400 times a day. Top 10%. 
So what are we accessing on this phone? Well, we're communicating a lot. We're doing lots of different things in our communication pieces. Like, it's a tool, man. I mean, I'm listen, I listen to music. Like, okay. But like, is it, is it ever noise? Can a text message be noise? Can an email be noise? Well, Josh, hey, I, I only use my phone for the Bible app. <laughs> liar, liar, pants are on fire. <laughs> yeah, me too. What narrative are you allowing to tell stories in your life? What narrative are you allowing to tell stories in your life? Well, I just can't control it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Well, it's just Fox or CNN or Twitter or... Facebook or what? Okay, well, what narrative are you allowing it to shape how you're thinking? Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there is an idea that Paul has with Romans to say that there is something, a renewal that needs to happen in the way that you think. And the way that you think is determined by the information you take in. And you control the information you take in for the most part. So there's this renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Well, wouldn't that be cool to know what the creator's, creator of the universe's will is for my life? That would be great. I would like to know that. But I have to renew my mind and change my inputs to understand his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I want to challenge you, think about, Lord, you know, what inputs do I need to change? And how are you letting it affect you? Well, there's a tragedy in this town, and I can just pray and worry about it now and have anxiety over it. You know, there's tragedies in our town every day. People that we miss that maybe don't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Be careful what comes in. Second thing I want to challenge you to is you have these new habits for a new you. So if you got baptized last week, there's new habits that you need to create for a new you. And if you were baptized a long time ago and you've been walking the walk for a long time, are there new habits that need to be renewed in you? What did you give up 25 years ago when you accepted the Lord that you've allowed to come on back? And some of you guys, you're doing great, right? You're doing great. You're like, okay, you're preaching to the choir, and I'm the choir. We'll start singing then. Start singing the praises of Jesus out there and doing what we do. What's the difference between a grave and a rut? It's how long you've been digging. So some of our habits that we've been digging, we've been digging them for a long time. You know what the first thing you need to do to stop digging into a grave what you need to do? You need to stop digging. Put the shovel down, stand in the rut, and kind of be like, wow, this is almost a grave. Which goes back to the question I asked you, what, you know, what do you need to stop doing? What is that thing that's sneaking in your life that's separating you from God and from his people? Ask him, he will tell you. 
Well, what did Jesus model for us when we think about these new habits? What are some of the habits that maybe we need to start with? How about quiet time? I just invested 30 seconds of quiet time into this sermon. Wasn't it loud? Like my brain didn't shut off. I was thinking about what I had to say next. I was thinking about what I have to do afterwards and all these things. And I'm like, no, 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 it's quiet time. No, it's not quiet time. No, it's quiet time. No, it's not quiet time. Our Lord and Savior went off and had quiet time. And quiet isn't the music in the background. Like, what about a habit of quiet time? Mark 1, 35 through, uh, 30, 35 through 36. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Jesus models quiet time. You might have to put yourself in a timeout, in a quiet timeout. Prayer and communicating with our creator. Yes, Josh, we've heard all of this before. We know we're supposed to read our Bible. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to fast. We're supposed to worship. We're supposed... Okay, like, cool. Like, just because we heard it doesn't mean that that's a part of our life. Sometimes there's things... There's something striving for your attention that wants to take you away from God and not to him. That is called the devil. Wants to make you less of what God has created you. He is out, he's, he's, he's prowling around, looking for the strays, looking for somebody who's strayed off. Oh, well, let me talk to them. No, we reject that. That's not welcome in here. It's not welcome in, it's not welcome in this community. Fasting. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit in Luke 4, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he, for 40 days, was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them, he was hungry. Duh. I'm already hungry. It's been at least not even 40 hours. No. But he goes away. And why would you fast? What was going to happen? Why did he need to go and fast and make sure he was tight with the Lord? And whether He was being tempted by the devil. Do you think if the devil tempts... That tempts the son that he's going to try and tempt you. And so you got things going sideways and crazy in your life and all those things. You could practice fasting. You know, we did a great sermon series. See, here's the problem. The problem isn't this information. We did a great sermon series called Shaping Faith a number of years ago, and it's on the website. It's like 14 messages. It was awesome. It was really, really good. And all of that information is there on how to shape your faith. My question for me, my family, is how am I applying all of this information? Do I know? Am I, is it a lack of information that's keeping us from the Lord? It might be a lack of transformation. It might be too much noise. What about serving uh, others with no expectation of return? It's the best kind of serving. How about, oh, read your Bible. Good idea, Josh. Thanks, Pastor. Didn't know that one. 
Matthew twenty two twenty nine. the Sadducees are trying to trap Jesus, and they're trying to see about, well, who's going to marry who, and what does this work? And Moses says this, and he's trying to trap Jesus, and Jesus replied, you are an heir because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Do you know that Jesus, like he's calling people out for not knowing the scriptures. Do you think that, that maybe that's something we should know as well then? And these folks knew the scriptures better than you and I probably ever will. They just didn't know them in their heart. And so we need to put some effort and time and energy in it. Looking at some George Barna surveys, 67% of people that claim to be Christian open their Bible on their own once a month or less. So that's this side of the room. You guys are doing so good. I'm so proud of you. This, This group right here. Just this group right here. Okay, well, this group then. So I'm going to ask for a huge commitment from you. Giant commitment moving forward. I had a guy come up to me today and he was like, hey, I, I, lo- I watched all 19 videos of the Bible Project. It was awesome. He was so excited about that and that it's changing the way he researches. Like, we're trying to equip, but you have to accept the equipping. Make sense? You have to accept the equipping. So I'm going to ask you, for 12 entire minutes per day, for an average reader, 12 entire minutes per day, for one year, you would read through the entire Bible, all 1,189 chapters, 12 minutes per day. I'm very busy, Josh. Yeah, me too. Maybe that's too ambitious. How about this? What if we cut it in half? Let's do six minutes per day and just read the New Testament over the next six months. And six minutes per day. Remember that sermon about putting God's word upon your heart? What if I don't understand every single bit of everything that I'm reading, Josh? That's okay, you're stacking it. You're stacking it on your heart so as your heart softens and God changes, you're gonna be able to recall things that you read. Do you think the power of the Almighty Creator can help you recall something that you read? Are you putting the word of God upon your heart like he's asked us to? You'd be shocked how far you can get with a little commitment. Third thing. Stop doing the things that are separating you from God and his people. And you know what those are right now. Some of you that just let you like, I didn't want that one. You got to stop it. You got to change. You're a new creation. You have new habits. Ephesians 4.20 says that, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by uh, deceitful desires, which my life was being corrupted by deceitful desires. I'm pretty much about me a lot and was about me a lot, and still have to fight not being about me a lot. And be about he instead of me. Put off yourself, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. This feels like this is connected to the renewing of my minds, and now it's the attitude of my mind. Like, is there a battle for control over my mind? Yes. And you're to put on a new self. And this new self is to be created like God in true righteousness and holiness. In the interest of time, I'll stop there.
You're to put on a new self. Six whole minutes. You're to put on a new self. Get in community. Last piece of the puzzle. God does not need to change. God does not need to change to understand and fit the culture of where we are right now. It's not his job to do the changing. It's my job to change. Come and follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you. Who's doing the making? Jesus is doing the making. Well, you know, let's talk with God. You don't really understand. I'm sure he does. Actually, he does understand. He made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows every cell in your body. He knows the stuff inside of every cell in your body. He knows the stuff that's inside the cells that's in the cells. And like, he knows it all. Hebrews 3.18, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know what forever means? Forever. Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. He doesn't change. He doesn't need to change. We need to change. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows? So what is this new creation? What does it mean to be a new creation? What does this look like for me today as a believer who's been a believer for 26 years? God is creating and making things new in your pastor every week. I'm on a forever journey till I die. And you have to choose to get on that bus. Choose to get on that journey choose to follow Jesus, not be a fan of Jesus, to follow him. To not let him just be your savior, to be your Lord. Matthew 4, 19, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you're going to be a Christ follower, it will require change. You are saved by grace, but there's evidence of being saved. One thing, don't do it alone. It's not good for man to be alone. You are not designed to do this life and journey alone. Don't do it alone. Be encouraged by the little victories. Josh, I didn't get to six minutes, but I got three minutes a day. Well, that's a start. That's good. We're moving forward. You might get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and find this becomes an appetite for you. And next thing you know, it's like more important than Facebook. Next thing you know, it's more important than the Netflix show. Next thing you know, it's like changing your life and your heart and you're actually walking it out as you're going out in the community and your life has changed and you become an attractive Christian. And you're going to fail. I fail often and sometimes spectacularly up here. Don't be afraid of do-overs, not just up here, in my marriage, at home, building a retaining wall. (laughs) You name it. But don't be afraid of do-overs. Don't be afraid to tie the knot again and hold on for another ride, but do it in community because we're designed to do it in community. So speaking of tying a knot together, I don't know about you guys, but when we celebrate communion every week, we're going to do that right now. If you did not get one of these when you came in, we'll have our guys right here. Ron is coming down over here. Forrest, thank you, Forrest. Hey, thanks for serving, fellas. Ron and Forrest, raise your your hand up and they'll get you communion and you can open, up, open this up, and we're going to take communion today because coming to the table and acknowledging Jesus Christ is often a do-over. <laughs> well, rough week, Lord, as you know. 
I want to come to the table. Can I get a do-over? And you know what Jesus said to me every time I come to him for a do-over? 77 times 7, Josh. Keep coming, buddy. Keep coming. You're moving forward. It's okay. It's okay. I believe in you. Let me make you. This week you weren't very moldable. Last week, two weeks ago, was great. Okay, Lord, make me. Make me a fisher of men and women. Make me in your image. So let's uh, come to the table together and celebrate the fact that we get do-overs. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took this bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke, and he said, this is my body, and this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. This is for people in real life doing this today. This is people in China that are doing this today. This is for all of eternity. These are for my people. He took the bread, and given thanks, he broke, and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance for me. Thank you, Jesus, for do-overs. Thank you for making us Let us be moldable this week. Let's take this together. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup, saying, this is the cup in the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are proclaiming that you have been made new. You are proclaiming the Lord's uh, Lord's death until he comes again. Thanks for the do-over. Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for our fun worship. I thank you for the 25 people that accepted you. I thank you for the generosity of this church to want to love and expand your message in other uh, cities and communities. I just ask, Lord, that you would just be with us this week, that you would reveal to everyone in here, from the oldest Christian in here, the most faithful Christian in here, Lord, to the newest person, to the person that's wondering about the salvation, what does this mean? I would ask you, you would reveal to us, Lord, what needs to die? What can we lay down this week, Lord, that will draw us closer to you, closer to your purpose, closer to your good, pleasing, and perfect will? I just, I pray that. I pray that in your powerful name upon these people in this very room and those watching online. Reveal yourself to us, Lord. Let us recognize it. Let us be multiple. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.